This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. It is BFM 89.9. My name is Rich Bradbury. Monday, the 18th of September, 12.06 here in the studio. Beautiful day outside here in the Klang Valley so far. A little bit hazy in places, but mostly blue skies. Now, um, what are we covering today? Well, sustainable development in Malaysia. Where we are right now, how far are we in reaching our goals aligned to the UN Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, and what shall we do to progress further beyond 2030? I think we're now in the eighth year of the uh, SDGs. Now, Malaysia has adopted the SDGs, uh, and that was back in 2015, along with the other world leaders at the UN General Assembly in New York. We developed a number of policies and programs to support the achievements of these goals. Uh, For example, the 11th and the 12th Malaysia Plan weaved in the importance of advancing sustainable economic growth, social equity and environmental protection. Over the years, Malaysia has made significant progress in sustainable development in terms of economic growth, industrialization, and in improving health and education outcomes. The country has a well-established manufacturing sector and has been working to transition to a more knowledge-based economy. Sustainable agriculture practices have also been given attention, as well as efforts and investments made into diversifying energy sources, promoting renewable energy and environmental conservation. However, the impact of the climate crisis, the war in the Ukraine, a weak global economy and the lingering effects of COVID-19 pandemic have revealed weaknesses and hindered progress towards SGDs. Or has it? The question remains, have these challenges truly hindered Malaysia's journey towards sustainable development? Or have they in some way catalyzed innovation and uh, adoption in pursuit of these goals? If you have any thoughts, uh, you can get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number at 018-789-8899. Or you can reach us on X at BFM Radio. Now, it's okay me talking about this, but of course, I do need a second opinion on this. And joining me in this discussion today is Dave Sifaprasad. He is the Southeast Asia Lead for Climate and Sustainability over at the Boston Consulting Group. Dave, can you hear me? Hi, good afternoon, Richard. I can hear you loud and clear. Lovely. I, I, I do apologize because I know it's for you. It's right in the middle of the night somewhere. Where are you? Uh, I'm I'm in, uh, in New York this week. Uh, we are involved in uh, very aspects of the of the SDG agenda and the and the climate agenda in New York mm-hmm. um, as BCP. Okay, Let, let's just dive straight into things, Dave. Uh, now, um, I, I suppose it's a fairly broad question, but firstly, where does Malaysia stand in terms of sustainable development? And, and is there a benchmark or KPIs uh, that we need to achieve? Where are we standing right now, do you think? Well, Richard, uh, let me a- answer that very broadly. And as you said, the, the SDGs were adopted by the UN member states in 2015, uh, and and these are 2030 goals. We're really in the midway stock take. Mm. So, you know, so you know, it's it's the first half of the game is done, and we have the second half to to go. And and to be honest, you know, the last few years have been challenging, right? We have had the pandemic, we've had economic headwinds, you know, we have conflict and so on. Mm. And, and despite uh, all these challenges. Um, you know, M- Malaysia has made progress, as you have said, uh, across a number of dimensions. Uh, but uh, while we're still collectively quite far off 
achieving our SDG goals. Mm. Now, what I would say specifically for Malaysia is that um, uh, Malaysia has been in the region very much taking the lead in a number of fronts on, on the SDGs. Uh, for example, in, in climate, uh, climate transition, you know, with uh, with uh, commitments on net zero for 2050 or aspirational uh, ambition, with uh, with roadmaps that have been released, uh, with uh, uh, movement by both the public and the private sector. Mm-hmm. Similarly, you could say that Malaysia has has, uh, has taken a lead on on nature con- 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 cons- conservation, uh, both life on land and life underwater. So there there is a lot of promising. Um, uh, let's say shining lights mm. that that Malaysia can point to as a as a regional leader on a, on a number of fronts. It, it's nice to know that we're we're you know doing pretty well regionally. Indeed, indeed, uh, and, and as I said, despite uh, the many economic uh, uh, headwinds that globally we're faced, right, mm. with the pandemic, with uh, with the conflict that has spilled over and affected trade, has affected the. The, the financial markets, the long-term, uh, you know, uh, economic outlook, uh, and um, and uh, you know, to be able to demonstrate progress despite these challenges is, is certainly uh, so- something to, uh, uh, to to be proud of. Right. I mean, we we speak about we have been speaking about SDGs, you know, obviously for the past few years, and it's something that we we raise regularly and talk about. Um, but in terms of key challenges and and I, I guess opportunities. Uh, here in Malaysia, what do you see as, as the key challenges, you know, for Malaysia specifically? Well, you know, ultimately, uh, this is um, the whole whole economy um, and and uh, society transforming, right, for the long term. Mm. And uh, you know, if you unpack that a bit, certainly there's a is a role for for both the public and the private private sector and, and government taking a lead, government taking a lead in terms of policies, regulations that ultimately shape markets mm. and change the 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 behavior of of companies and actors in the economy in different ways. Now, um, that said, uh, it is not just a domestic problem, right? Because um, Malaysia, like many countries in Southeast Asia, are, are, are trading nations, we're a trading region. Uh, we trade heavily with uh, with Europe, the US, you know, yeah. North Asia and so on. Uh, and it really matters what trading partners do. So let me just give you the example of, of the EU. Uh, the, the EU will be setting up a carbon border adjustment mechanism that impact a trade. Now, if you start pricing carbon uh, from, from a trade standpoint, uh, it impacts. It doesn't matter what you do uh, from the, the local laws, right? Mm. Uh, if you're trading with the, with the EU, you need to factor that in yeah. to, to where you deploy your capital, uh, how you operate, and what your carbon footprint is. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, when you start thinking about opportunities and and and, and challenges, uh, it is it is it is important not just to look at what happens within Malaysia, but really what happens outside and how you prepare for that. So if you're a company, it's a bit like you know, uh, how do you look around the bend, knowing that you know all these movements are happening. Uh, you know, EU is one example. Uh, where else will this happen? And how do you then prepare and and uh, tune up uh, the necessary. Um, you know, muscle, so mm, to speak, mm, right, mm. to be competitive in in, the, in in this future future world. I mean, that raises an interesting point, and the idea of uh, being having economic growth and yet still addressing environmental sustainability and climate change must pose a challenge. You know, for, for countries like Malaysia, correct? No, it does, and and um, when when you look at um, the. Uh, a energy transition, for example, right? Let's just take energy transition and, and, and climate. 
uh, you know, historically, if you look at all the, the energy transitions that have happened before, um, you know, BCG research shows that, uh, you know, we need to transition three times faster than we've ever done before, yeah. right, globally. Yeah. Now, then if you overlay that against, you know, what a developed economy needs to do and what a developing economy needs to do, a developing economy uh, has, you know, multiples more of a challenge because you, you have development objectives to meet, you yeah. have, uh, you know, to raise uh, the, the economic prosperity of, of, of people of the nation, you need to create new jobs, you need to be economically competitive while having this transition. You have to leapfrog, right? So, right? You have to leapfrog, and yeah. and and you know it poses a a a a significant um, uh, let's say um, you know challenge, particularly for developing economies uh, around the world and and in 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 Southeast Asia, uh, where there's a lot of things that we need to do a lot faster in order to meet these goals, mm. right? Um, you know, with not necessarily the same uh, with 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 more constraints in some areas, right? Mm-hmm. Than perhaps developed economies have had. Uh, when when they've uh, they when they have the transition, mm. so so just keeping that uh, uh, you know uh, context context in mind. Uh, coming back to your question, uh, Richard, on on you know, what do you do? You know, our view uh, from you know our work with with both the public and the private sector in, in BCG is that you know you have to look at it in a pragmatic way and say you know how do you then um, manage a transition piece by piece uh, while keeping people, the economy, nature at the center of what you do. Uh, and uh, taking it, you know, step by step, right? So it's it is daunting to look at a at a thirty year transition, let's mm, say, for mm. example, right? Uh, how do you break that down into, you know, what do you do in the next three years to prepare the the economic mu- muscle? How do you prepare then, you know, society to transition? How do you prepare consumers to transition? How do you prepare, you know, the the, the workforce of the future? And and certainly, government plays a plays a key role in in all of this. But the, but the, it's in public, in private sector interest uh, to be able to 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 manage this. Look around the bend, as I said earlier, uh, but look more long term to be able to uh, uh, to um, uh, be well well prepared uh, for for what is to come. Okay. Hold that thought, Dave. I just need to take a short break. Uh, folks, I'm on the phone with Dave Sifa-Prasad. He's the Southeast Asia Lead for Climate and Sustainability at Boston Consulting Group. We're talking about SDGs here on Enterprise Biz Bites. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into Enterprise Biz Bites here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Burger, fries, Milo, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. A flashback to 1997 there. That was uh, Ash with a life less ordinary. Welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. My name is Rich Bradbury. Uh, we're speaking about SDGs today. Uh, and I have on the phone line with me, uh, it is Dave Sifaprasad, the Southeast Asia Lead for Climate and Sustainability, uh, the Boston Consultant Group. Uh, Dave, just before the break, we were looking at, you know, Malaysia balancing its economic growth objectives with the need to address environmental sustainability and climate change challenges. Now, now, um, we've spoken a little bit about this, and you briefly kind of alluded to, you know, how the government are helping out. But in particular, when we look at you know, SMEs, uh, how can Malaysian businesses uh, and, and businesses, uh, sorry, and, and government agencies align to help promote these sustainable practices and reduce environmental footprints in the areas like, you know, improving social impact? Hey Richard, great question on SMEs. So, um you know, I think it's important to 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 recognize that that many SMEs are part of uh, 
long supply chains. Yeah. Right. So both uh, supply chains domestically, but also globally. Uh, now, when, when you're part of long supply chains, what that means is that you are uh, exposed to what your you know, ultimate customers will will do. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if a corporate, for example, a large corporate makes commitments, uh, let's say for climate uh, on, on net zero, and they start to extend that commitment to scope three, uh, what that means is that um, the suppliers in their supply chain will need to, um, you know, change how they operate right if not they won't be part of that supply chain anymore right so that's just an illustration to say that uh, that uh, smes are very much exposed in the long term to what happens globally and what happens to to major um their major customers right what what uh, what their customers decide to do mm. now, now if you put that in in context of um the question of preparing for uh, for a, a world where there's greater focus on uh, ESG factors in in supply chain and procurement, a SME that is already preparing for it now will be better prepared than an SME that is not, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. you know, when those changes happen, um, the, the ones that are most prepared will be the ones that will retain those businesses. Mm. Uh, and so they, I think, they do need to be prepared because it is happening. It's not something we're just talking about, right? Absolutely. We talked briefly earlier about, you know, the carbon border adjustment mechanism from the EU, that's international trade. But we also have, you know, large corporates uh, in the region uh, that are uh, buyers from um, you know, SMEs, including in Malaysia, that have made commitments mm. uh, on ESG, on uh, climate, on other factors. Uh, and and some of them are starting to apply exclusion factors, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. saying that, you know, if supplier X doesn't meet these criteria, then we will not you know, have them on the vendor list. Right. So this is already happening. Uh, now, if that's already happening, uh, and you can see the the uh, let's say direction of travel, it's it's very much in the interest of of SMEs to start to prepare uh, for you know when sustainability factors become a key part of their of their business. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about uh, tech and and you know tech ad- adoption and helping to improve? Uh, sustainable development then please Dave I mean when we look at you know Malaysian economy and some of the um, ways in which we finance this country so to speak do you see certain industries and obviously we're talking about oil and gas uh, energy manufacturing um, and agriculture um, how can they leverage on a new tech moving forward when it comes to sustainable development I mean how 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 would it work for them? You know, because something like oil and gas and something like agriculture, very big industries, they've been established a very long time, and to kind of move that machinery, I'd imagine, has to happen at a glacial pace, would it not? Yeah, that's a great question, Richard, and it's it's a it's a hard one to answer given exactly what you said, right? We're talking about many different sectors, mm. uh, you know, different technologies, uh, different innovations that are needed. Uh, that will, you know, eventually um, take root and scale, and and there's competition in technology as well, right? right. Uh, you know, not, not always, you know, one clear choice. Now, um, but let's take it back to something more practical when it comes to technology and in innovation. Uh, one of the things that is um, a common challenge across all sustainability issues, um, you know, whether that's um, you know emissions or other things, is 
is is measurement and transparency. Right. And when you talk about measurement and transparency, you talk about uh, the ability to deal with uh, with data that gives you gives you that transparency and gives you you know trust in the system. Right. So just applying uh, technology and innovation on this aspect of being able to to leverage data in different ways, create transparency, use it in a way to steer uh, how you operate is is already innovation that's happening now, and it's one that um, can give companies a lot of um, visibility on what they are doing today and what they should be doing or could be doing, mm, right? Mm. As uh, as options to uh, to you know steer their business for the future. So I would say that you know it's a big topic, innovation and technology. Uh, the practical challenges of today is is very often about measurement and transparency. Starting there is a is a good first step for for many companies of all sizes, right? Mm, to uh, mm. to to um, uh, begin where where they focus. Hmm. I, I want to skip ahead and, and talk about maybe specific examples where you've seen uh, here in Malaysia successful uh, adoption of uh, sustainable development initiatives, or if you have any lessons and best practices from the Boston Consulting Group's uh, global sustainability projects that can be applied to Malaysia's unique uh, context to accelerate their pro- our progress towards uh, SDGs. Yeah, you know, I, I would uh, say uh, in in Malaysia, we've got some some fantastic examples in uh, in in the energy sector where you know the the, the main companies like like Petronas, Tanaga, and so on have made commitments, right, on right. on climate and, and they have made uh, commitments on net zero and so on. So you're starting to see, uh, you know, in the energy sector, a lot of movement here uh, in 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 Malaysia, and on the government side, you you see. Uh, you know, significant uh, progressive steps from over the last three or four years where there's been increasing ambition on accelerating energy transition, meeting climate goals, and so on. The recent release of the National Energy Transition Roadmap, for yeah. example, is, uh, is is one such, uh, um, uh, you know, illustration of this, where, you know, this has, uh, has communicated to, to, um, to, to Malaysia and the market, the, the government intent, the, uh, a series of initiatives, uh, programs, projects uh, that, that cover a whole host of sectors, whole host of technologies, uh, and whole host of, uh, of uh, enabling measures to, to help accelerate that transition. So I think we're seeing all these examples, both the public and private sector in Malaysia, uh, on, on accelerating uh, sustainability more, more, more broadly. Mm. And just before I let you go, Dave, I've got... You know, the final question is, what do you see or, or what does BCG see as the most important sustainable development goals for Malaysia to focus on, I guess, over the next couple of years? So, uh, Richard, I think all those sustainable development goals are important, right? Mm. Everything from, uh, from uh, you know, gender equality to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to climate, um, you know, they're, they're all important. Uh, I would say for for Malaysia, where Malaysia has unique advantages to demonstrate leadership, uh, as as I've, I've shared in the, in the beginning, uh, around energy transition, around climate, uh, around nature, the country has uh, phenomenal natural assets. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these are all areas where um, a, a dedicated focus to continue to extend that leadership will be to the advantage of the of the country. Uh, and and the third thing I would say uh, is that. Um, you know, this is a team sport, right? So certainly, you know, expanding partnerships, public-private sector, you know, cross-border in the region and beyond uh, will very much uh, continue to support uh, that agenda for Malaysia. Mm. Dave, thank you very much for your time today. 
Thanks very much, uh, Richard. It's It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, folks, if you did miss any part of this podcast or this conversation, uh, sorry, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other uh, podcast players. Just search for Enterprise Biz Bites. Looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay coming up after the one o'clock news. Keep it here on BFM 89.9, the business station. We've got some ads into some music from Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. I hate myself for loving you. That's going to take us up to the top of the hour here on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.